This summer I was in the holy city of Jerusalem and I was visiting my 94-year-old father-in-love, Rabbi Arnold Goodman, and we're trying to figure out this thing called life, this thing called the human condition, and how to do it better. He's 94, still working on it. I'm 61, I'm still working on it. And the two of us, both being rabbis, the way we tried to do this was by studying a text. And it was a familiar text. It's been a companion of mine throughout my life. I've read it many times. So have you. You all know this text. But studying it in Jerusalem with my father-in-law, I saw something that remarkably I had never seen before. The text is Robert Frost's deliberation about what it's like to be at the crossroads. And it famously concludes, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Now, I don't know how I missed this the first 61 years of my life, but what I got finally this summer for the first time is the note of total wistfulness, of regret, of misgiving, of nine question marks that the narrator has about the choices made at the crossroads. Maybe I messed this up. Maybe I made the wrong pick at the crossroads and I should have gone the other way. After all, the title of the poem is The Road Not Taken. The Road Not Taken. It's the not taken part that offers the energy. It's the not taken part that is responsible for the sigh at the end. It's the not taken part that leaves the narrator wondering what we sometimes wonder at our own crossroads. What could I have? What should I have? What would I have done differently? And how might my life be different if I had? Now, what I realized this summer, though, was that Robert Frost's crossroads, these crossroads of gnawing, nagging, uncertainty, and questions, and sighs, are not the only crossroads. And tonight I want to share with you three crossroads that 100% of us have stood at. Three crossroads that 100% of us will stand at. And many of us may be standing at these crossroads right now. And here's what's so cool about these crossroads. They are refreshingly free of angst. They're refreshingly free of regret. Because there is clearly a right move and clearly a wrong move at these crossroads. And the only question is not, what should I do? We know what to do. The only question is, will I do what I know I should do that is the right thing to do? Here's the first crossroad. This is just so pivotal. This is life. 
First crossroad. Should I show up or should I not show up for the people in my life? Should I show up for the people in my life or do I not show up? Now, showing up can take lots of forms, can be the call, can be the visit, can be the check-in, it can be the regular call, the regular visit, the regular chicken, or it could be more of a timus, could be more exertion of time and energy, it could be a day. You might need to check out of your life on a given weekday to go to Logan, to get on an airplane, to fly to somebody's moment and not get back until midnight if you're lucky. And it might be more of a simplest than that. It might be a weekend. You got to start checking out of your life, maybe Thursday afternoon, maybe Friday. Check out of your life Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and maybe get back Monday to show up. Now, showing up means you care. Showing up means I see you. Showing up means I'm going to make you a priority. And since showing up is so very important, why would we not show up? I once heard this wisdom from somebody. I don't know who gave me this wisdom. It's anonymously sourced human wisdom. But it is that the harder it is to pick up that phone and make that call, the more important it is to pick up that phone and make that call. And the harder it is to get on that plane, the more important it is to get on that plane. And since when you show up, it's so helpful, why would people not show up? And the truth is, we all at times don't show up. And the honest answer is, it's much easier to not show up. It's much harder to show up. And therefore, all of us are going to be vulnerable to rationalizations that could explain away why we don't show up. So the story is told of, of a fundraiser. And he's trying to raise money for a cancer research institute. And he gets an appointment with a wealthy industrialist. And he makes the presentation why this cancer research institute is so important and why your gift would be so pivotal. And this fundraiser is on fire. Got facts and figures, charts and graphs, and got kishka. It's got story. It's got emotion. And he talks about how this gift from this gentleman would make such a difference. And the wealthy industrialist listens and nods and takes it all in. And the fundraiser is very expectant and hopeful. And when he's finally done, the wealthy industrialist says, thank you, but no, I'm not going to participate. And the fundraiser says, do you mind telling me what your thinking is? 
Was there something lacking in my presentation? No, your presentation was excellent. Do you not think that the cause of cancer research is important? No, 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 no. Cancer research is so important. So why then are you declining to participate? I'm declining to participate because I don't like plum pudding. I'm sorry. What did you say? I'm not going to give to your Cancer Research Institute because I don't like plum pudding. Do you mind, sir, my asking, what does plum pudding have to do with my Cancer Research Institute? If you don't want to do something, any reason will do. If you don't want to do something, any reason is as good as any other reason, and I don't like plum pudding. Now, here's the thing about plum pudding you need to know. Plum pudding factories never experience supply chain problems. <laughs> and if you go to the shelves of your favorite supermarket, the shelves are always stocked with plum pudding. It just comes in so many forms. I would love to go to your moment, but I can't. I'm just so busy. Plum pudding. Busy is always plum pudding. Because we're never too busy to do what we want to do. We're only too busy to do what we don't want to do. I'd love to go, but the kids' schedules, plum pudding. Love to go, but vacation days, plum pudding. Love to go, but travel's a hassle, plum pudding. And you know it, and the other person knows it too. But here's the flip, which is so powerful about showing up. If you actually do show up for people, they receive your presence as this deep, gesture of love. And I saw this firsthand this summer. I was at a shiva for a woman who had lost her father. And she was extraordinarily close to her father. And she was extraordinarily emotional. And she really, really wanted, after the service and after St. Kaddish, to, to share some words to the people who come to her house that night. And she wasn't sure that she could compose herself, but she said, let me, let me see what happens. And I saw the following happen in real time. She's talking and very halting and very emotional. And then you see her and she says, you're here from California for the day. Thank you. Oh my God, you flew in from Albuquerque, New Mexico for the day. Thank you. You flew in from New York for the day. You flew in from Canada for the day. All of you being here from near and far heals my soul. So, when you find yourselves at the crossroads and you can either show up or not show up, show up. If you show up, you will never regret it. You'll only regret it if you don't. And that leads to the second crossroads. Step up or not step up. Now, all of us in life are going to be summoned 
We're going to be summoned. We're going to be doing our thing, minding our own business, getting through the day, getting through the week. Can't wait to come to shul Friday night for Shabbat Alive. Just getting through the week. And then we're going to get summoned. And something is going to call us out of our life. Now, in the Rosh Hashanah readings, God calls out to Abraham, and he answers, Hineni, I am here. And the question is, when you face a Hineni moment, and all of us will face a Hineni moment, do we actually say, Hineni, I am here for a Hineni moment? And here's the thing about being summoned. A hundred percent guarantee about this. It's always the wrong time. The timing is always bad. The timing is always inconvenient. You'd rather not be. You're good with what you're doing. This is the last thing you need. And it is difficult. And it is long. And you don't know how it will end. But here's one thing you do know. If you are summoned, if you face your Hineni moment, and you say, Hineni, despite the fact that it's hard and bad timing and inconvenient and you don't know how long and you don't know, you don't know, and you do it anyway, you will always be glad that you did. This summer, I was talking to a guy who got summoned. This gentleman faced a Hineni moment, and he said, Hineni, super busy, got a very, very, very busy job, got young kids at home, has a spouse, has a life, has emails that never end. And then his father took ill, out of state. And he just knew he got summoned. And so he checks out of his life. And this isn't like show up. This isn't like go to a, a wedding or a funeral that's a day or a weekend. This is like, I don't know when I'm coming back. This is like, colleagues at work, you got to cover me. I don't know when I'm coming back. This is like, dear wife and dear children, I'm going now. I don't know when I'm coming back. And he's away for weeks. And he's with his father the last weeks of his life. And he's with his father when his father dies. And he's holding his hand. And I'll always be glad that he was. Harold Kushner has this fabulous observation that when we eat healthy, we feel healthy. When we eat good food, whole food, we feel healthy inside. And in a similar way, when we do spiritual practices, that aren't easy, but they're good, and they're right. 
We feel good inside. And Ernest Hemingway famously observed, you know that something is good for you. Not if it feels good while you're doing it. But if it feels good after you have done it. And this man who left his life, left his wife, left his kids, left his job, left his email, left his life for weeks on end, it feels so good that he has done it. And so when you are summoned and you're at the crossroads and you can step up or not step up, step up. If you step up, you will never regret it. You'll only regret it if you don't step up. And that leads, that leads to the third crossroads, where it's just clear we got, it's just clear we know what we got to do. The only question is, do we do it? And that is to clean up or not clean up. All of us have mess. All of us carry unfinished business. From Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur. For years. And the question is, our question is, our question now is, looking at the unfinished work of our life, looking at the mess of our life, is there some piece that we can commit to cleaning up now? Now, Steph Curry attended Davidson College from 2006 to 2009. And he left college after three years without graduating to attend to his day job, which is NBA superstar. Steph Curry is the best three-point shooter in the history of basketball. He has revolutionized the pro game by inspiring generations of players to shoot the ball from crazy far away. He's also super athletic and graceful in his moves to the basket. I would illustrate now, but I can't. <laughs> He's unstoppable, and he is the heart and soul of his dynasty. But for all that, there was one thing that Steph Curry never did that he always wanted to do, and that was to graduate college. He wanted to earn a BA in sociology, but he missed a year to attend to his day job. So over the last 13 years, from 2009 to 2022, he was chip, 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 chipping away, taking classes, writing papers, doing exams, chip, 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 chip. 13 years later this year, he's finally amassed the credits to make up for that fourth year. And he would have been able to graduate in May at Davidson College's graduation. Unfortunately, he was busy beating the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals that day. So Davidson College had a special graduation in August for one graduate named Steph Curry. The whole university came together 
and his parents were there, and he and his wife were there, and their young kids were there. It was very important for him to get this degree. And the president of Davidson College, a guy named Doug Hicks, gave what I think has to be the best single line in the history of graduation ceremonies. Doug Hicks said, it's the fashion of college presidents at a college graduation to make a prediction about the lives and trajectory of the graduates. <laughs> I want to predict, Steph Curry, that you're going to note considerable success in your chosen field after <laughs> Davidson. Thirteen years later, he cleaned it up. Here's my question to you. What's your version of that? What's your version of that? He got his BA in sociology 13 years later. He's not carrying that around for the next Jim Kipper. You can check it off his list. If you look at the unfinished work in your life, what is it that you will commit to, and how will you get it done? Because I can tell you one thing. At the crossroads of clean up or not clean up, you will never regret cleaning it up. You'll only regret it if you don't. So it turns out that not all crossroads are created equal. The Robert Frost crossroads of nagging uncertainty applies to some. Should I take this big job or that? Should I move to this city or that? Should I marry? Should I make this change? And for all those imponderable crossroads, the best wisdom I've ever heard is actually that of my father-in-love, who says, for all those crossroads, decisions are not right or wrong. They are made right or wrong. That's where there's not a clear winning answer. But for our three crossroads tonight, there is. If you can show up or not show up, show up. If you can step up or not step up, step up. And if you can clean up or not clean up, clean up. Because if you show up and step up and clean up, you will be forever glad that you did. And the sound in your last stanza will not be a sigh. It will be the sound of joy and gratitude. Gamar Hatimat Tovah.